Craft Beer Radio, episode 398, on October 12th, 2016. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. We're not going to let this play on because it takes uh, about uh, 20 more seconds before it gets to the part where he says, My name is Mud. Anyway, we have uh, some old favorites and um, that's kind of it. Cleaning out the fridge. Yeah. We're going to have to do some shopping before the next show. I think we've done all of these on the show before. <laughs> I think. We haven't done this one. Maybe. I, we haven't. Okay. But anyway, hey, let's, let's do them. All right. Well, let's start with the one we haven't done. All right. So Sierra Nevada's 11.5 degrees Play-Doh. By the way, hi, I'm Greg. Jeff. Uh, 11.5 degree Play-Doh. So um, this is a session IPA. Um, 11.5 degrees Play-Doh refers to the... Um, Original gravity. The original gravity. Um, you would expect like a traditional IPA to be around 13, maybe? No. No? No. Put me on the spot. I don't speak Plato. Mm. 30-ish? 30-ish. Wow. Okay. I think. Uh, alcohol content is 4.5% by volume. Uh, beginning gravity is 11.5 degrees Plato. Ending gravity is 3 degrees Plato. And that's... Gravity is um, the uh, density. Right, it, it, it's oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Plato. Well, it technically, you can convert Plato to original gravity mm-hmm. or specific gravity. Um, but yeah, it's it's the amount of dissolved sugars right. in the in the beer. So water would be one, mm-hmm. and you go from there. Thirty-five IBU. They use an ale yeast. They use Bravo for bittering. They use an experimental variety of hop for finishing, and for malts, uh, they. Uh, use two row pale Munich caramel and acidulated. So there's a little bit of. They want to get the pH down for this. All right, I was wrong. It's not thirty. Um, you know, eleven, uh, fourteen. Yeah, so like I said, mm-hmm. fourteen for Plato. Yeah. Again, like I said, I don't speak Plato. You put me <laughs> on the spot there. Homebrewers use specific gravity unless you're turning pro. Also, one of those things, there's all these different measurements of the same thing. It's like miles versus kilometers versus... Yeah, yeah pro brewers typically use the Play-Doh. I'm not sure if I can explain why, but it's it's, it's less numbers, right? It's just a, a number and then a decimal point where specific gravity usually has two to three, or I guess three decimal points. So we have kind of a pale orange color here with a lot of haze. Smells grassy and a little, a little bit on like the spicy side, which is kind of like Bravo, what I would expect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the aroma definitely is carrying hops. They said they use an experimental hop, so I'm wondering if this is going to be more kind of on the galaxy mosaic end of the spectrum. It could be. It doesn't smell tropical. Or anything like that. I mean, it smells like you said, grassy. It smells a little, a little like piney, pods? a little pecans. Oh, check that. Out. Not pecans, pea pods. Oh, pea pods. I'm getting something that's a little resiny in there too. Um, so you know, there's a hint of of pininess to this. It, the color in there, 
their color is off in their picture because it looks a lot more <laughs> yellow in their color than it does. Uh, it's backlit, so it looks like a nice vibrant beer. Maybe. We don't have a light box behind our kid glasses. True. The malt comes through in the flavor really strongly. Where in the aroma, you were smelling mostly the hops. Um, you know, being a lower alcohol session IPA, you know, it's nice that the malt is um, so full and has a nice full sweetness to yeah. it. It doesn't, doesn't really taste like gritty or thin like some session beers can be. So that's the first thing I noticed is the fullness of body. And it kind of has a character that it reminded me of a little bit Pilsner-like or something lagery. It, it wasn't very, it wasn't over the, like, the esters, I think, are restrained in yeah, the flavor. Yeah, the esters are restrained. The, the hoppiness also is towards a kind of noble, like, hopping where it's spicy mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Uh, but does have definitely some grapefruit rind slash close to pineapple thing going on there. I wouldn't say it, does, it gets nearly as far as some of the other ones, but okay. it's, it's it's sort of in the range. In terms of the malts, you know, using to repel, obviously, but they use Munich and caramel, and that kind of mm-hmm. that gives it a lot of this, you know, the, the deeper, um, yeah, the deeper notes up front of, of maltiness. The Munich does give it a nice yeah. readiness and a fullness. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting it's, take because you know most of the session IPAs are trying to be sort of lighter and um, lighter on the on the tongue, so you drink more. This feels more full. So it's more of a, a mouthfeel mm-hmm. than most session IPAs that I'm used to. Yeah, this one definitely brings the flavor. And, you know, it's not mm-hmm. light in flavor where it's it's only light in alcohol. Finishes nice and dry, nice and clean. Uh, well, I should say it leaves a lingering bitterness, but the malt comes off your tongue nice and yeah. clean and leaves you ready for another sip. Still trying to isolate more hop flavors here. I'm not really... How old is this one? I think this one's been in there for yeah, a while. Yeah, it's, it's not super fresh. I think it tastes okay. It doesn't mm-hmm. really come across still. But it might be a little bit more brighter uh, were it mm-hmm. not as old as I believe it is. Not sure where the date code is. I think I see it. Let me see here. Oh, I thought I saw it, but no, that was just a reflection. Saw so your reflection. Yeah. Oh, um, here we go. Four twenty-one, April twenty-first. Okay. Yeah, a little on the long side. Aged well. I think it still tastes mm-hmm. good. We'll have to try this again when it is fresh. I'm enjoying it. It's a good drinker. Yeah. It gives you a nice hop flavor. The, the I think I like how you called it right. Where it has a bit of a noble type feel to it, and then a little bit of grapefruit rind in there. But it doesn't really go citrusy. It doesn't really go tropical kind of plays in the middle of that, yeah. that rindiness and a little bit of spiciness. Yeah, I like your call on the on the lowering the esters where mm-hmm. uh, you don't really get a lot of fruitiness, so you're just getting some Yeah, spice. yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has kind of a lager feel to it, right? It doesn't feel like an ale fermentation, or at least a straight-up ale fermentation. I wonder if they lagered it. They, pro- they probably would tell us, but that would be interesting if they cold-conditioned it. Yeah, I don't what know. What do you think to cold-condition an IPA? I don't know. I mean, you'd have to use you'd want to use a yeast that actually works at that temperature, right? You well, you use. could you could do the main fermentation and then just I mean that's what they do with spotted cow, right? They they do the main fermentation with the ale yeast and then they they put in um, a 
um, a Pistorius yeast when they do the cold conditioning. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what they do with uh, with this particular cream ale and most cream ale. I mean, you can control ester production by temperature and stuff in the fermentation, too, and uh, pitching rates, things like that. Like, if you do a high pitching rate, you're not going to get as much ester production as if you have these working a little bit harder to do their job. Okay. What's on? You mentioned the Spotted Cow. Yeah. It's a light beer. Before we get too much on our palate, I think we should do it. All right. New Glarus Spotted Cow. This is the second time we're having this on the show. I know this because it's my second time having this beer. <laughs> uh, won the show last time. <laughs> yes. Uh, a co-worker of mine was in town last week and brought these in. We did that old brune from New Glarus last show. Mm-hmm. And uh, that beer was delicious. Fantastic. And while we've done Spotted Cow before, it won't disappoint Spotted Cow is on the books as a cream ale. Right? It's on the books. They call it a naturally cloudy farmhouse ale. Okay. But yes, it's a cream ale. And uh, you know, there's not many cream ales that you would hear us get excited about. But this. Well, is I mean, I've tasted some that are mm-hmm. that are good, especially when I was GBF. The one thing I do remember is I went looking for a lot of cream ales, and, I, and there were. There was like a, a divide between the good and the bad ones. The good ones had this like cracked corn taste, uh-huh, right. uh, and the bad ones taste like cream corn. Okay, and you could really tell, right? Or yeah. had this nice fresh cracked corn right. type flavor. Okay, so yeah, there's corn added to this. Of course, uh, it is, um, it is an ale yeast that is then lager that is then lager cooled. With I believe they also pitch in a Pistorius, a, a uh, lager yeast, when they do that for the secondary fermentation. Big aroma on this one, and it, it's a, a multi aroma. It has, you know, the corn that Greg said, and yeah, I think it comes across. It doesn't come across like a gelatinous, goopy, cooked mess, right? It kind of has this crispy, fresh cracked corn type, um, or maybe like. You know, if you've ever had like fresh ground cornmeal, yeah, like that kind of aroma, with a little bit of sweetness there. Too. Yeah, there's a big sweetness, and and actually, as I'm smelling it, you know, I'm also smelling things that are kind of reminding me of um, I don't know how do I put it? like like a um, a maudit or something like that, like that kind of Belgian sweetness. You know, not not not. Like a golden, like a Belgian golden strong or something like that. You know that kind of aroma where you're getting kind of some uh, flowery esters. Um, let me take another sniff here. It smells so good. Uh, so I actually, this is funny because I actually answered it. someone. The Red Letter Media guys they drink spotted cows and this. Someone was asking what the beer was, and then mm-hmm. they asked what it tastes like. So I, here's what I put down: what it was, and what it tastes like. So uh, it's considered. I've only had it once. Remember. This was 25 days ago I wrote this. It's considered by most to be a cream ale, parentheses, a lightly malted ale, which is lagered, cooled after primary fermentation with an ale yeast, which is top fermenting, sometimes with the addition of a lager yeast, bottom fermenting, which comes closest in character to an American pale lager. It uses corn as an adjunct and, sweet, and has a sweet, fruity character. It is not hoppy at all, but an easy drinker with considerably more subtle character than traditional macro beers. Or macro lagers, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. That, that was a decent yeah. description from memory. Yeah, so drinking this, I'm kind of also picking up... I'm picking up a lot more esters than I remember from the last time I've had this. It kind of has a banana-y thing going on. It does. Uh, let's see. What's the date on this thing? Do we have a date? Um, uh, someone on Twitter saw this label and said, this is really fresh. This label's like brand new. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's got a lot of... Yeah, a lot of sweet estery stuff going on. It's a little thinner, a little bit thinner than I remember. Yeah, so there is that that kind of cornmeal thing you're talking about, but it seems to be this time it, to me. It, it's kind of outweighed with a, a like a, a hefeweizen type big banana flavor, right? Yeah, not bubble gum though, because mm-hmm. sometimes those are sometimes those those can sort of merge or or be very similar. This doesn't. This is definitely going in the more banana. Direction. Right. And not many cream ales taste like this. No. I'm trying to think of what else what else we can go there. The um it kind of has yeah, the the the, the esters are very high in this thing. Well that's what that's what gives the bananas, but there's also aside from like the Hefeweizen typical flavors, I'm getting some Belgian type characters as well. I'm getting kind of uh flowers, a little bit of pear. Uh, there's kind of a vanilla note that's coming through. I like your pear call a lot. Um, vanilla, vanilla and banana are so close yeah. that, um, right. But uh, I like the pear a lot, and it's very, very drinkable. I mean, it's it's almost done. I usually am slower than Jeff. I'm peaking pace <laughs> with him. Um, yeah, it's um. Quite good. It it's a very nice drinker. It has a lot of flavor for being just you know a, a simple cream ale. I mean, it's clearly not a simple cream ale, right? It clearly does right. something. They're doing something more with it. Uh, I could I could see myself like sitting down at a bar in Wisconsin and having four of these. Easy. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's you know if it if it tastes as good you know if mm-hmm. it's fresh. Bring it on. Uh, yeah, you can't get this unless you're in Wisconsin or you have a friend who is in Wisconsin. Yeah, New Glarus, their thing is that they sell their beer in Wisconsin. Everyone outside of Wisconsin wants them to start shipping outside of Wisconsin. And they're like, no, we're going to keep getting more and more coverage, more and more saturation in our state. Well, I think they other beers they have outside, right? Just just not no, in Spotted no, Cow. No, Nuclearis does not sell oh, really? beer outside of Wisconsin. Oh wow, I didn't know. It's that. not available to a single retail place outside of Wisconsin. Yeah, so if you bought it from any place that is a business, then they outside of Wisconsin, then you can report them to <laughs> Dan Carey will be not yeah. happy. But that's a good beer. All right, let's move on. Go with the good juju, maybe? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so good juju from left hand. Did left hand send this to No, you bought this. I bought this. It is a seasonal herb spice ale. It 
excuse me, with ginger added. Uh, the malts are, it's 4.5% alcohol by volume. The malts that are used are Pale Trio, Munich, Crystal, and Flaked Barley. So, kind of this, kind of similar to the Sierra Nevada, Crystal instead of, uh, Caramel, or, um, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, Caramel. It was Caramel. Yeah. Uh, and adds Flaked Barley instead of acidulated malts. They're not trying to lower the pH, mm-hmm. like, uh. Like Sierra Nevada was, but they also have the the hops are Centennial, U.S. Goldings, and Sterling. So it's kind of a an older, um, yeah, an older like Phase One ish hop uh, hop selection and organic ginger is added to it. Yeah, I mean when we poured this, the ginger smell just comes out. So that's definitely the oh hi oh, yeah that smells like ginger ale. I mean it's just. Very potent. Yeah. It smells a bit like pickle, you know, the the ginger that comes with your sushi. (laughs) Color is more caramelish. Sort of a light caramel color, I guess. Light tan. Not quite as dark as, say, an iced tea. I don't smell anything but ginger. (laughs) It's huge. Let's see how old this one is. Left hand is in color. It might be a little on the old side. Uh, I took a sip and ginger's there, but the the malt didn't really stand up where, and there's kind of like this aqueous hole in the middle of the taste, and the, the hops are missing in action. Oh, that's too bad. Now, when we get down to the bottom of the barrel, looks like there was a you label here. Had, this one is not that old. I've only been not drinking, not picking this one for the show for two months, three months now. I'm not saying that's, that. Um, but who knows how old? It, yeah, who knows how old? Yeah, it's been sitting on the shelf before you brought it over. Right. You get what I'm saying, though. Like the the malts really don't stand up to the ginger. The hops are missing. Or do you, do you disagree? I need another sip. It's a super light body. On yes. Yeah, because... Well, I mean, at 4.5, it's the same as the mm-hmm. Sierra Nevada, right? So it it's sort of going for the Session IPA angle in a similar sense. I don't know whether it's going for an IPA necessarily, but I think so. Yeah. Um, but there's not, there's not hops. There's no hops here. It, it, I'm just tasting ginger. And like you said, just water and ginger and a little bit of, I don't know, like toast in the background. Just... Maybe. It starts off with the kind of the, the spicy snap of the ginger. Mm-hmm. And then it finishes with the, the more kind of, um, Gritty, chalky, you know, texture of of ginger. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's ginger all the way through. It it's it's a lot of ginger. If you don't like ginger, you won't like this. Um, and that's all. Ginger, a light malty stuff going in, there and sort of what feels close to water. I mean, there's a the flavor. It kind of. 
So if you like great ginger, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the essence of ginger. Then there's the, the kind of the cellulose flavor of right. the pulp, and that cellulose flavor is coming through. You know, I, I did that. I had you know had a club of ginger and use a little bit of it. I'm like, what am I gonna do with the rest? So I peeled it and I kind of threw it in a pickle, like a oh like, god, just like a vinegar type uh-huh. thing, you know. And it was okay, but. It was too much. There's a reason why they sliced that thin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't slice it that thin. I yeah. used like a potato peeler to slice it. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit thicker. And um, very, lots of cell structure, lots of um, very grainy, you know, yes. kind of texture to it. And when it's that, if it's not sliced paper thin, you're probably, maybe it's a surface area ratio thing, but you're going to taste a lot more of the plant material instead of the ginger essence. And I'm tasting kind of that plant material. Interesting. Here. Well, hey, we're on show 398. 398. And we're still going. <laughs> we should say, we need we need to get some new beers. We do need to get some new beers. So <laughs> Support the show. And the way Not you, support, you haven't been, but yes. continue to. The way you continue to support the show is when you shop online and you're shopping at that Amazon thing, you start your shopping session by going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yep. Just start your session there instead of Amazon.com, and we'll take care of the rest, as they say. You shop, shop, buy, doesn't cost you a penny more. We get about 6-7% of what you spent. 627, not 66. 6-7% yeah, <laughs> of what you spent. And if, you know, 10,000 people spend $10,000 each, guess what? We're going to quit our jobs and go to Crafty Radio full-time. No, no. I mean, it would take a lot. That's a lot. I don't know if I'm good enough. Tell you what. <laughs> listeners, you can make me know if I'm good enough by just buying the shit out of everything on Amazon. <laughs> if you do that, maybe maybe you'll convince me. But this should it's be a full-time job. We'll do four shows a week. <laughs> we can at least hire an intern. Yes. <laughs> That's craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And give him college credit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the good juju. We are scraping the bottom of the barrel here. This is a beer that's... I mean, we don't want to make it sound like these are... <laughs> no, not bad, but... I mean, the last... So the good juju was, yeah, too old. Right. The Sierra Nevada was not super fresh. We had a beer from Green Flash we were going to do, and it was a one production that was made in 2015. So like early, not do, not doing that one. <laughs> and that one wasn't that one. When that one showed up here. It was already old. So that was another shelf turd that we brought in. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's from. Uh, this one's been in the fridge for a while, but it, this one ages. Yes. So this one, yeah. this one's cool. This is Gift of the Magi. Gift of the Magi. Gift of the Magi. It's Magi, I believe, is the proper. And Joe DiMaggio, I think. is what it is. From Lost Abbey. <clears throat> so this is their Christmas beer. 12% on this guy. Making up for all those four and a halfers right. on his head. Uh, it's considered a, or at least Tommy says, it's a strong bearded guard. Okay. That's interesting. You like when we see bearded guards and things like that? 
use our Xylus bottle stopper to seal this puppy back up. So this is bittered with... Uh, frankincense, and they use the smallest amount of myrrh. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Let's see how that oh goes. Oh, my out. God. <laughs> what is that? That's the myrrh. <laughs> it's different smelling. It, okay, so the color is uh, more towards that iced tea. Not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of head on this guy. Um, about two fingers worth of uh, foamy head. No gold in this one. <laughs> okay, myrrh. Oh, wow. M-Y-R-R-H. That's yep. how you spell it? Huh? Yep. I'm trying to look up what the heck myrrh is. Myrrh. You have a computer. Why are you using... I don't know. Quite. He's looking up on his phone. It's a fragrant gum resin obtained from the certain tree from certain trees from certain trees. Yeah. Thanks, Wikipedia. Well, clearly, it's it's like it's a natural gum. Thorny tree species of the genus Pomophoria. So, sort of like pines, there are various different types of pines, mm-hmm. and they all have resins that can be used, or there are even various different types of maple. Right, they all have different mm-hmm. uh, right. types of maples here. There are de- various different types of these comifera trees that produce this resin. Yemen, Somalia, Ethiopia, common places for it. So, in that whole Fertile Crescent area, mm-hmm. and frankincense is an aromatic resin. Um. From other trees. <laughs> so lots of trees. So the aroma on this one, it's not as perfumey as I was worried it would be. You know, and, you know, Lost Abbey knows how to make beer. They're not going to put, you know, a perfume bottle in the beer bottle and try to sell it. It's going to make it hard to put normal words to the aroma, though. Yeah, this is not a, a, an aroma that I'm experienced with. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's kind of malty. Think of, um, you know, lots of lots of caramel malt. You know, something that's kind of like um, I'm trying to think of. Oh, yeah, that, that, that the other aromas that are in there are throwing me off. But the only way I can describe it, the thing that's coming to mind at least, is like a mixture of rye and oak. Okay, yeah, I mean, there is a woody thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Oak, um, yeah, like Ryan Oak. There's a, yeah, spicy wood type thing. I can get behind that. So if you use that to kind of calibrate, then we can, I think, understand it. Mm-hmm. There's a, a bit of a more. brown ale type aroma coming off there, you know, a little bit of um A lot of alcohol, so getting, getting an alcohol aroma. Mm-hmm. Smells a little hot. That's I don't know what that is. I have no idea. 
<laughs> Frankincense and myrrh, my friend. <laughs> so it kind of has kind of um, a Belgian brown ale or something like that. You know, think of a Corsendonk or um, Trois Pistoles from, from Unibrew. Think of kind of that as the base where you're getting kind of um, that kind of minerally malty brown ale where you're getting like things like um, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think I'm like there's a little bit of a nuttiness in there I'm trying to think what nut might be appropriate but there's a little bit of like a tree walnuts. nut in there walnuts yeah walnut would be good there's a kind of a walnut thing I was thinking pistachios pecans I'm like no no but walnuts really the right thing so there's kind of this dry kind of minerally nuttiness that's in there and you know, if you think of Tropistoles from Unibrew or, mm-hmm. or Corsendonk, you know, kind of goes that way. There's a little bit of a sweetness there. Sure. But then it gets into this pretty bitter um, spicing, which must be from the frankincense and the myrrh. And it does kind of take place, you know, think of a Gruet, right, where they're using different spices mm. to bitter the beer because they didn't have hops. You know, that's kind of what they're doing here, I think, and because it, it, it's a significant bitterness to it. There is. It, it's... It's bitter. It's not, um, not normal. <laughs> it, I, I guess as if you think of it as like a a spice beer, think of it like as as a Christmas ale with spice stuff. You can sort of see where it fits as a different take on the spice beer using a traditional spice thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of kind of fits in that kind of dogfish head world where they're playing with an old right. Ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you set your expectations that this is their Christmas beer, you're going to have that completely wrong spice profile in your head. You're going to think fruitcake type things, and this is... Very different. Very different. It's not coming across like incense. Like, I, whenever I hear frankincense, I think of incense and, like, the kind of stuff that, you know, I grew up Catholic, so, like, the kind of incense they burn during Lent, you know, you know, but it's not like that at all. So I don't know what kind of incense those are, and or what. I think but... that is frankincense. In fact, I know that the the store, the Spanish store near me, Spanish food store, mm-hmm. uh, has a whole bunch of stuff, um, all these spices, and among them, there's also frankincense, little frankincense okay. uh, chunks mm-hmm. that are meant for little incense burners. So okay. it's there. I don't know what you. I mean, I've never. Yeah, I've never been around it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's I've not coming in, across the same way as that smell that I remember from my youth. I've been to Catholic church all of maybe four times. Yeah, so it's they, not, and they don't burn the frankincense yeah. all the time, or the the incense at least all the time. I'll have to look up and see what kind of stuff they do burn. Um, as I'm drinking it, you know, kind of the bitterness isn't as apparent as it was that first sip. Things are blending together more. I still let me take another sip here. I still don't know. It's it's not very drinkable in terms of being able to like you know down it. It's a lot of things going on, but it's it's not. It's not like. It's not making me eager to explore, as eager mm-hmm. as I would want to be. It, it feels kind of closed off, maybe just because I'm not used to these flavors at all, and I really have no good reference point for them. Right. So I'm coming at them <clears throat> with 
no understanding of them and no way to get myself in there. As I'm getting into this, I'm I'm, I'm getting more into it. It's warming on me. You know, the, the, like I said, that that sharp bitterness I had in the first couple of sips. I'm getting used to it. It's kind of mellowing out the beer. I'm getting deeper into some more of the subtle flavors. You know, it's a lot of those things I mentioned already. I am getting a little more woodiness to it. Getting kind of a little bit of uh, vaporization in the back of my throat. Almost like a, it's not minty, but it's almost like a menthol type thing. But more like a piney version of menthol, you know, kind of the back of my throat. Interesting. So the, the three kings, of course, brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We hadn't explained it earlier, just in case you weren't clear. Uh, Not a fan, huh? No, frankly, no. Um, I, I appreciate the effort, mm-hmm. but I can't recommend this one. I'm fine with it. I, I, when you compare it to you know a dog a dogfish um, ancient ale type mm-hmm. thing, I mean that's what it is, right? You're yeah. you're gonna get this. It's seldom going to be a world class, amazing. I got to have this in my belly type beer. I think it's worth. Chateau the, Yeehaw is good. Yeah, I think it's worth. That's the drink. I think it's worth the drink. You know, it's it's worth. I mean, I don't know how much it costs to get one of these, so I don't know. I think fifteen bucks. Okay, well that that's not that bad. Um, if you're willing to try something that you're not necessarily going to like, because I can't, in all honesty, mm-hmm. say you'll like it, or you know, right. I can say that some people will, some people won't. Um, I think if you like Belgian browns like that, I like mm-hmm. Belgian browns. Okay, never mind. <laughs> all right. Onto another beer. I mean, if you want to just experiment, then you're fine. But you, you may be wasting your money in terms of you just may not like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll you know I'll be able to drink the rest of that bottle on so another day and be done with it. All right, so an old favorite Bell's Kalamazoo Stout from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Six percent alcohol by volume. Comstock, Michigan. Comstock, Michigan. Well, they started in Kalamazoo. Okay. Uh, is this the one that has um, licorice in it? I believe so. They don't say that it does. Yeah, Brewer's Licorice, yeah. Okay. This one was created and bottled on July 8th. So, But it's a stout, so it doesn't have to be super fresh. Oh yeah, you can smell it. It's a, a licorice, yeah. Big darkness, real dark. Uh, like the barest bit of brown highlights, but mm-hmm. if you hold it up to the light. Yeah, the licorice gives it, it's brewer's licorice. It, I, when I, I had some of Heather's the other day and I forgot about the licorice thing, I smelled it and I was wondering if it was, kind of has a little bit of a hot aroma to it. But then I had chalked it up to maybe the beer was. Really old. I think I think it's the licorice. I think I was just confusing aromas. Because the licorice kind of gives it... Uh, well, think of black licorice or Mike and Ike's, right? Where, you know, it kind well, of... Those are a... gross. Okay. I mean, I'm just not a big fan of, of that candied black licorice. Okay. I can... I actually like, like, anise flavors and things like that if they're used properly. I don't like going overboard on it, but I'm fine with those. Okay. 
But I just feel like the candied version to me are just like, ugh, no, not at all. And this is more a little bit more subdued, a little more anisey on that end of the spectrum. Okay. Along with that, you're getting some coffee notes in the nose. You're getting some roast. It smells like a super rich stout. It doesn't smell like it's just a little bit stouty. It sounds yeah. smells like a big boy stout. Pretty full flavor. Yeah. Aside from, aside from it not being boozy, it kind of feels like imperial stout. It, it does a bit. It it feels a little aqueous on the outside to me a little bit. Oh, like okay. like there like it's like there's a shield around it in a sense. Like okay. it, it took some time for me to, to. I don't know. It 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 didn't immediately hit. Um, it does feel. Though at the same time pretty viscous, such as six percent is is unexpected. Right. It's got a lot of dark, you know, coffee, um, a little bit of tobacco, and definitely that licorice anisey thing. Yeah, I would say it's it's really roasty compared to many stouts. I mean, there's kind of almost like an ashy burntness, right, playing in there. Now the beer doesn't taste burnt, but there's an ashy burntness that's um, weaving in and out of the flavors. At the same time, I mean, it's not a porter. You wouldn't mistake this for a porter. You can tell this is a stout. Doesn't have the astringency. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the the kind of livelihood of of um, what you might expect. And of course, it feels more um, more like base. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's more towards in more in that roasty angle. But I do mm-hmm. see what you're saying with that ad, with that ashiness. Right. As I take more sips, it's kind of building up a little bit there. Uh, but the coffee, you know, kind of notes that are coming through are quite nice as well. So the the thing that I'm feeling is aqueous is weird because what, what it is is the tip of my tongue isn't tasting it. The tip of my tongue, it just it tastes like nothing. And the mm-hmm. rest of my tongue, all the flavors are coming there. But the tip of my tongue hmm. just feels empty. It's a frankincense, man. <laughs> I'm going to warm this up a little bit, Put some pump some real heat into this thing and see how it yeah. opens up. But yeah, when you go to the dentist and they, they numb you in certain areas and, and you all everything is so weird because... Yeah, that happened to me this morning, yeah. actually. I had to get a cavity filled. I couldn't sip my coffee. Like, my my top lip wouldn't go down. <laughs> so I had to drink my coffee through a coffee stir this morning. Right. That's fine. How long has you? How long has it been since you've had this beer? Do you think? Probably over a year. Not too much longer than that, though. I mean, other than the sip of feathers I had the other day, I probably haven't had this beer in five years. I I seem to remember like me grabbing it, maybe more, like at some point, um, either a year or two ago, and just had some. Uh, but what? But not like. I didn't take my time to go through it at mm-hmm. that time. So right. it was the last time I had this and really took my time to to taste it. Either at Savor or when the last time we had the show. Okay. Yeah, it's been a long time for me. I'm glad we've done it on the show again. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable. It's this weird, it has this... So, okay, so here's what I think I 
here's what I think I think about the beer. And that is that it's since it's leaning imperial, I'm I find myself expecting some imperial things out of it. And I'm like, oh, I wish it was a little more boozy. I wish it was you know, <laughs> so that's yeah. that's what I'm feeling. And it's not fair to the beer, but since it feels halfway to Imperial, I'm like, I wish it was full on Imperial. Uh I I see what you're getting at, but I mean we also had Light beers the whole way through, and then yeah. a little sip of this thing, which um, <laughs> not my cup of tea. But yeah, it, it, it's been a, it's been a light night, but it's probably good. I mean, we're doing this on a Wednesday night, so it's, right. it's good to not go that. But you definitely feel at the end of the show like we're missing something. We're missing that that buzz we normally have because uh, uh, we're yeah. used to it now. I mean, it takes a lot to get either of us. Um. Tipsy, it takes more than normal. I mean, mm. it's just our bodies have built up a tolerance. Right. But definitely feels like that's that thing we normally feel at the end of the show isn't there. Right. That's good. Like yeah. I said, it's a weeknight, so no hangover. Especially since I'm not allowed any, I'm allowed Tylenol, but that's all I'm allowed. He's getting surgery in, uh, yeah. in two days. Knee surgery, yep. All right, so I guess it's ranking time. Ranking time. And do you would I know I went first last time, but do you want to go first? Sure. All right. All right. So in fifth place, I'm going to put this Lost Abbey. Not a fan, but you might like it. I can't tell you. Uh, it because there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and I appreciate the effort, but it just doesn't. Eh, not not really my my cup of tea. And it kind of I was. I wasn't grossed out by it, but I wasn't like mm-hmm. wasn't enthused by drinking more of it. So better than durian beer. Better than durian beer, for sure. I mean, I was able to, to finish my example, but I was never able to to, to get my head around it. Never gotcha. able to, to to figure it out enough to okay. to appreciate it. Uh, in fourth place, I'm going to put this uh, good juju from Left Hand. I um, it was a ginger ale. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all it had going for it. Not much there besides ginger. But again, nothing wrong with it. Might be better if it was fresher. I don't know how old it is. Right. What are you going to do? Uh, in third place, I'm going to put the Bell's Kalamazoo Stout. This one that we're drinking right now. Uh, it's good. It's well. I mean, it's 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 not like good. Good. It's not like I'd be like, mm, gotta have more. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that desire to be like, I gotta have more of this. The other stouts I like more. I'm not sure that the, um, that I mean, I like a more roasty stout. I think I like a stout that's a little bit more in the caramel side and toffee side. It gives me sort of right. those flavors. This is feels a little more standoffish with how it's being uh, with how it's presenting. In second place, uh, Nuclearis Spotted Cow. Uh, very good, uh, but for some reason I felt like the Sierra Nevada kind of kicked it off, kicked off the show just right. I mm-hmm. feel like that worked uh, especially well for a for a session because of that maltiness that was going on. Right. Uh, so while the spotted cow is very good and still just you know still as as uh, you know as good as I remember, even if a little bit qualitatively different, but still very good beer. Uh, the Sierra Nevada eleven point five Play-Doh, really uh, really good. I liked it a yeah. lot. 
I think you did a pretty good job of ranking tonight, Greg. I'm going to have to adjust it a little bit, but I think overall you did a good job. Well, thanks, Jeff. Yep. I'm going to put the good juju in last place. Maybe because it was too old, but it was, like I said, it was gingery and then aqueous, and the malt was not supporting the ginger, and the hops had faded out completely. Just, it is what it is, and we, you know, should have, it would have been nice to have a fresher version of that. I'm going to put the Lost Abbey in fourth place. I found it a lot more interesting and explorable than Greg did, but it's... Still not awesome, you know. I mean, there's a there's a good Belgian brown in there. Now, whether the beer overall is still a good Belgian brown, I don't know. I think that frankincense or you know whatever it if was. If you love frankincense, if you can't get enough frankincense or murder, we don't know actually. Yeah. To be honest yeah. with you, but after that, I'm going to to well, I, I then the bells. Then the spotted cow. If, if I was Jesus, maybe I'd be upset. Like, this is what you brought me? This is what you... <laughs> Where is the perfume, man? Yeah. Okay. okay the gold I'd get, but yeah. Right. Uh, but, you know, then uh, Bells, then New Glarus, and then Sierra Nevada. The, the the bells yeah, like you said you said standoffish, right? You know, that licorice, that yeah. super ashy roast, you know. It it was fine, but you know those were things that were like keeping it. Like if it was a, those were pulled back a little bit, I think the beer would be more enjoyable. And then there was the part of me that was like, "There's this beer is like so many aspects of imperial stout that I want the rest of them too." Right. <laughs> uh, the new Glarus, this one seemed. I don't remember the, uh, the times that I've had it being so banana y. Now this one seemed different from my memory. It's still very good beer. It was quite drinkable. Like I said, I'd have four of them if I was at a bar in Wisconsin. But that Sierra Nevada, the 11 and a half Play-Doh, even with the age on that beer, it was really good drinker. Had that low ester, kind of lagery type character to it. The hops, while I couldn't really place like a ton of adjectives on exactly what I was tasting, I thought the hop profile was really nice on it. And uh, yeah, Kudos to that beer for taking the show. They say on here that, and I believe them, I guess, that this that, uh, Spotted Cow is Ryan Heinz Kibbutz. That means they can't put any corn in it. You was wrong. <laughs> you made mistakes. We'll have to look into it later. Yeah. I'm, I, everything I've read about Spotted Cow is that they, they use corn, it's cream ale, it's sweetened. Um, well, I, don't know, I just spotted that as just for talking. I was like, wait, yeah, that's weird. Well, but I mean, I got to get the right information out there. Well, they allow like, cereal grain. I mean, wheat is allowed. I'd have, I'd have to check and see if corn. Well, they say yeast, hops, water, and malted barley. Oh, they say that on the label. So, okay. I guess time to get the researchers in action, huh? Or get the listeners yelling at us for telling how wrong we well, are. Well, I mean, it's on the label. Yeah, it's... I know. I don't know how I got cream ale in my head. And no, no, I'm, cream ale is, is how it's defined in, like, Beer Advocate and okay. elsewhere. They define it as, as a farmhouse, but everywhere it considers it cream ale. I, I don't know. Neither do I. But anyway, 
Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We hope you enjoyed this show. It was uh, probably not our best foray into tasting craft beers, but... We've done 398 of these. Come on. Yeah. Every time we do it, the odds are less and less that it's going to be the best one. (laughs) It's true. We keep expanding the space. Yes. So thanks, everyone, for listening and putting up with our nonsense. If you want to contact us, use the email at beer at craftbeerradio.com. At beer at... (laughs) Well, you send an email to beer at craftbeerradio.com, and it'll show up in our email boxes. Yeah. And I'll go, you've got mail. And we'll go okay. read that. <laughs> you still have AOL, huh? Yes. You know, not me, but whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever floats your butt if, you're, if that's so good. If you want to use the Twitter, you can hit Greg up. Yeah, at you can. CBR Greg. I'm at Jeff Bear. And uh, just thanks you. Thank you. Uh, Creative Commons license, blah, 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 blah. I wanted to find where is that guy who keeps sending us email to tell no. Wait, what? The guy who keeps like, do you want to interview this guy? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, David Harville, who keeps recommending us Marty McDonald has spent over a decade recruiting and building up an online marketing business as CEO of Bad Rhino. No, we're not interested, guy. No. Sorry. No. No. We may have something cool coming up next week. Yeah. Yeah. Might actually do an interview with... Oh, we'll, we'll let you. The Godfather of Sour. Ooh.